Good afternoon. This is Dr. Dan Guerra coming to you from Authentic Biochemistry Studios. Today is the 24th day of September and the year is 2021. So this is an audio feed from the, our normal archiving. The reason I'm giving you this is because I told you we have to fill in a great deal of information so that it supports the video lectures where I'm doing the synopsis of the aging arc human aging, morbidity, and mortality that we've been spending over nine months, 10 months on probably now. So this is a fill-in to discuss some uh, oxidative metabolism, I guess is what I would title this lecture. Okay, so let's just get with it pretty quickly here. So biological oxidation obviously involves transfer of electrons. Oxidation is is termed for the removal of electrons. A reduction is the gain. Of course, oxidation is always accompanied by the reduction of an electron acceptor. Higher forms of life completely rely on molecular oxygen, at least aerobes do. <clears throat> and the major function of oxygen in living systems is actually respiration, which involves a biological redox system, reduction oxidation. So respiration is a process in which cells within tissues within an organ, the organ is are the lungs, derive in, uh, is where this initially occurs, um, ultimately is processed by deriving energy throughout every cell in the body via controlled reaction between protons and molecular oxygen. And so the end product of that reaction is going to be H2O, okay? So oxygen is taken in the lungs. We went through the hemoglobin pathway about a month ago now. Um, and we're not going to reiterate that now, nor are we going to do that on the video lecture. I just want to remind you that that's where oxygen is taken up. So now we're going to discuss what happens to the oxygen in every cell in the human. Okay, so that's the point of view that I want you to have in mind. <clears throat> There are, there are large numbers of reactions in living systems that do not, of course, involve molecular oxygen. So we have to make sure you understand that. Uh, molecular oxygen is really involved in two processes. One is bioenergetics, and one is where oxygen is used to specifically transfer oxygen atoms to preformed molecules. And I call that oxygenation. Okay, a different process, but still utilizes molecular oxygen from the atmosphere as dissolved and then bound to hemoglobin and transported and redelivered to the periphery. So there are reactions that are catalyzed by a set of enzymes called dehydrogenases. And then there are the other reactions that frankly incorporate molecular oxygen completely uh, into the substrate. <clears throat> so these are the two main branches we can talk about. Now, when you want to express a redox reaction, you do it in form of a half cell reaction. For example, Fe2 plus plus Cu2 plus goes to Fe3 plus plus Cu plus. Okay. So we can see there that the electron has been transferred from the iron to the copper because you went from an Fe2 plus to an Fe3 plus, right? So it's more oxidized. And the copper has become more reduced because it was Cu2 plus, now it's just Cu. Plus. 
So that reaction there, just between iron and copper, which actually is involved in biological oxidation, I shall say, can be expressed in two half-cell reactions. That is, Fe2 goes to Fe3 plus an electron. That means it's an oxidation. And in that reaction, we would say that Fe2 plus is a reducing agent. Likewise, the other half cell is Cu2 plus plus an electron goes to Cu plus, which means it's reduced because you've added the electron. In that reaction, Cu2 plus is an oxidizing agent. So reducing agent electro is an do electron donating molecule, an oxidizing agent, of course, electron accepting molecule. And together they make what's known as a conjugate redox pair. Now, I know we've talked about this in the past. <clears throat> it's just a big recycling of that information. So the redox potential is really the oxidation reduction potential. Redox potential of any substance is a measure of its affinity for electrons. In oxidation reduction reactions, the free energy change is proportional to the tendency of the reactants to donate or accept electrons. And that's denoted capital E subscript naught superscript prime. So E naught prime is how we say that. And that's for biological systems. Okay. Our reaction with a positive value for E naught for the delta E naught prime. Delta means the change, right? And has a negative value for delta G naught prime. So the two have a different sign, right? So the redox potential uh, is going to have a plus sign whenever delta G naught prime has a negative sign. And that would be then an exergonic reaction. So the redox potential of a biological system is usually compared with the potential of a hydrogen electrode, and so it was expressed at pH 7. It's dependent on pH because we're talking about hydrogen atoms, right? So we can look about the simplified, I talk about, excuse me, the simplified electron transport system. <clears throat> In this process, we have NADH going to FNMH, going to CoEQ, going to cytochromes, and ultimately to molecular oxygen, and then to water. That's the movement of the electrons. So you oxidize NADH, you reduce FMNH, FMN to FMNH2. You then go through a series of electron carrier mechanisms within the membrane, the inner membrane of the mitochondrion, with coenzyme Q, okay? That's also known as ubiquinol, ubiquinone couple. Then that electron is transferred ultimately to cytochromes, which are heme iron containing proteins. And ultimately those electrons are transferred to molecular oxygen and it is completely reduced one electron at a time to H2O. In the process, protons are pumped out of the inner mitochondrial membrane into the intermembrane space, and then back through the proton pumping ATPase. So every time you get two protons moved, you can take ADP plus PI, and that means you can make ATP from that reaction. Okay. So let me give you some detail. 
Electron transport chain, it's known as, is initiated by the reaction of an intermediate metabolism, uh, which we talked about many, 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 many times. We spent entire lectures on it, and that's nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. Now, we're going to have an oxidation reaction where you have two hydrogen atoms or two hydrogen ions and two electrons, which is what that definition of two hydrogen atoms is, and they're removed from an organic metabolite. That would be an ADH. H plus. The organic metabolites are usually from the citric acid cycle ultimately, okay, and that means it moves from things like citric acid and isocitrate and alpha-ketoglutarate and succinate and succinyl-CoA and fumarate, malate, OAA, all those intermediates in the TCA cycle. Ultimately, whenever there's a dehydrogenase, and there are several within the TCA cycle, you've got to be moving the electrons they're being driven off of those oxidizable substrates, which are all coming from um, acetyl-CoA and OAA condensation. And then ultimately, of course, from carbon sources like pyruvate, right? You're taking all that electron and you're moving it into NADH or FADH2. So you can say a reduced metabolite, which we can just say AH2, plus NAD plus goes to NADH H plus plus an oxidized metabolite plus energy. So one hydrogen is removed with two electrons as a hydride ion. That's H minus, by the way. While the other is removed by the positive ion, H plus, you see. Usually the metabolite is some form of an alcohol, which is oxidized to a ketone. That's what the intermediates in the TCA cycle look like, from an alcohol to a ketone. <clears throat> so purpose of the other seven steps in electron transport chain then is threefold. To pass along the two protons, that's the H pluses, and two electrons to eventually react with oxygen, as I've said, it's the ultimate electron acceptor. Second thing, <clears throat> to conserve energy by forming three ATPs. And third, to, of course, regenerate the coenzymes back to their original form as oxidizing agents. So once the NADH has been made from a metabolite, the citric acid cycle, which is all occurring within the mitochondria, it interacts with the first complex known as complex one enzyme, and that's uh, the, the actual enzyme is NADH reductase. This complex one contains a coenzyme flavin mononucleotide, an FMN, which is similar to flavin adenine dinucleotide. Very similar, it's mononucleotide. So the sequence of events is that the NADH plus another hydrogen ion enter the enzyme complex and pass along two hydrogen ions ultimately to the interspace in the mitochondria between the two membranes. Remember, the mitochondria has two membranes, outer and inner. Now, these hydrogen ions acting as a pump are utilized by ATP synthetase to produce an ATP for every two hydrogen ions transported. These complexes, electron transport complexes 1, 3, and 4, act in that manner to produce two hydrogen ions each, and thus will produce three ATP for every use of the complete electrotransport chain. In addition, 
NADH will pass two electrons to first FMN, then to an iron sulfur protein, we just call it FES, and finally to coenzyme Q. The net effect of these reactions are to regenerate the coenzyme NAD+. Plus. This regeneration of reactants occurs in many of the reactions in the electron transport chain so that you get what looks a lot like a cycling effect. The NAD plus is there ready to react further with the metabolites in the citric acid cycle via those uh, dehydrogenases to pick up the electrons and therefore become NADHH plus. Now, coenzyme Q, which also picks up an additional two hydrogen ions to make CoQH2, it's reduced, is soluble because it's, it in itself is lipid. It's soluble in the lipid membrane. Therefore, it can move within the membrane and it can interact and contact enzyme complex one and enzyme complex three. So it associates those two complexes by, by basically carrying an aqueous electron through that coenzyme Q. Basically, what's happening? Coenzyme Q or ubiquinone, ubiquinol, is actually an intermediate in cholesterologenesis. So it comes from the HMG CoA pathway, hydroxymethylglutyryl CoA pathway. So, in summary, let me explain so far. The very first enzyme complex in the electron transport chain is coupled with the formation of ATP. Coupling is important here, and the coupled reaction is basically. The reduced substrate, so we can call it AH2, plus NAD plus, goes to NADH, H plus, plus M minus, plus energy, okay? So you have the oxidized M or A. M stands for metabolite, A stands for any molecule. The second thing that happens, the coupling, is ADP, adenosine diphosphate, plus inorganic phosphate, or PI, plus the energy to drive the reaction goes to ATP plus water. You've driven the electrons all the way to molecular oxygen and made H2O. At the same time, you've made ATP. And the energy is actually going to be derived from the protein conformational changes, geometrical conformational changes that occur during the proton pumping back through that F0, F1 uh, protein that is embedded in the inner mitochondrial membrane. Okay. That's the ATPase. So, putting it all together, you've got an electron transport chain that's inside the inner membrane of the mitochondria. Right. So you've got ADH, H+, going to FMN, which is part of complex one, and that's the NADH reductase. It's the name of the enzyme, oxidoreductase, actually. It has an iron sulfur center. It's going to pass two electrons into the coenzyme Q pool, which is intramembranous, and it's going to generate NAD+, which can now be re-reduced. Right? The two protons have been translocated completely through complex one, and they're in the enter in intramembranous space. Okay, so the CoEQ level now at complex two you have an enzyme called succinate dehydrogenase, which, of course, is the TCA enzyme. That will take FADH2, 
not NADH, but FADH2, which has a slightly, which has a slightly one-third less um, reducing equivalency. So FADH2 will go to FAD, the oxidized form, and it's the only one of the reactions in the electron transport chain that utilizes FADH rather than NADH. So that then couples to complex three. Complex three is going to have several proteins, cytochrome C1, an iron sulfur center, cytochrome B, two of those. And so that's complex three, essentially the proteins involved. They're going to pick up the two electrons that cytochrome C1 will, because it's heme containing, it's iron containing, and it's going to continue to pump two protons, and those protons are going to go back into the intramembranous space. Yeah. The electrons will then leave complex three via cytochrome C, and there goes electrons are going to be used to reduce cytochrome A, and that's now in complex four. So you have cytochrome A, cytochrome A3, those two proteins. Now what's going on there, complex four is going to end up doing with all those electrons, those electrons just picked up from complex three, that is, from cytochrome C. First of all, let me make sure you understand the protons continue to get pumped through complex four. Okay, You're still moving the protons because you're moving electrons. Remember, you have a negative charge and a positive charge so, to make it essentially neutral. So you've made two, four, six protons already into the intramembranous space in the mitochondria between the inner and outer membrane. And what you're doing in complex four is you're taking a half of a molecular oxygen, one half O2, plus two electrons, plus two protons, and you are synthesizing H2O. Okay. Now, finally, you've got two more protons that move through. So you've got uh, two, well, you've got a total of six. And those six protons are going to move again through the F0, F1 proton pumping ATP synthetase, which is also known as complex five. And it's going to contribute some of those protons because it's, it's getting those protons back now into the mitosol to help with the reduction of molecular oxygen. Remember, molecular oxygen is getting the two electrons. It needs two, high, two protons. So it's going to pick up a total of six protons for every three ATP made, or two for two. See? So the two synthesize H2O from one, one half O2 with two electrons, which are carried through, staying in the membrane as aqueous electrons through all those iron sulfur centers and heme-containing proteins after they leave coenzyme Q at um, uh, complex two. And you're going to be able to make three ATP out of that whole thing. And the ATP is going to be synthesized then. It's going to be rendered synth synthesized in the mitosol that's in within the mitochondrial matrix. Because you have to have a way of getting the ATP out of the mitochondria, and that's done with an ADP, ATP, uh, antiport system. Okay. So you get a transfer of electrons, and that could take the place of any of four different ways. Directly as electrons, so you get a transfer of electron from Fe2 to Fe3, or, or from, from Fe basically from Fe, uh, so that you make the reduced form from Fe3 to Fe2. And then that goes from copper plus to copper two plus. So remember the couple. You have ferrous iron, that's Fe2 plus, plus cuprous iron, that's Cu2 plus, goes to 
copper, one plus, and the iron, ferric, three plus. And that's the reaction. That's Those are the heme containing proteins. So as a hydrogen atom, you have AH2 going to A minus plus two electrons plus two protons, where AH2 and A make the conjugate redox pair. And they possess the tendency to reduce the next compound, which you could simply, if you're going A then for that, would be B. And that couple, that redox pair would be BBH2 and onward. So now you have AH2 plus B going to A plus BH2, right? And that's how the electron transport moves by a series of oxidation reductions where you're constantly moving down the series of higher level of electrochemical potential to lower level of electrochemical potential. So the third way you understand transfer electrons is as a hydride ion that's going to be an H minus, which is going to have with it two electrons. And in that system, it's AH plus H plus goes to A plus plus H minus plus H plus, which is also embedded in electron transfer. So you have a direct combination with molecular oxygen. That's where you have AH plus one half oxygen goes to AOH. And then you have A plus oxygen going to AO2. Okay. So those are the two uh, couples in that system with molecular oxygen. Let's talk about some of the enzymes involved in oxidation reduction reactions, specific ones now. So those are all kind of generic discussions. Right? Now I'm going to give you some of the names and what they do of the enzymes. So you have oxidoreductases. That's the big class, super class of enzymes. Within that superclass, you have oxidases, dehydrogenases, hydroperoxidases, and my favorite, actually, oxygenases. It's my favorite because it's involved in the synthesis of oxygenated fatty acids, the eicosanoids. You know, things like thromboxanes, prostacyclins, leukotrienes, uh, compounds like that. Oxidases use oxygen as an electron acceptor. Dehydrogenases can't use oxygen as an electron acceptor itself because it's not part of the reaction mechanism because it can't couple to it. Hydroperoxidases will use H2O2, hydrogen peroxide as a substrate, and oxygenases will catalyze the direct transfer of oxygen from O2 into the substrate, as I've been saying, my favorite form. Okay. So oxidases and dehydrogenases are involved in the respiratory chain I just talked about, electrotransport chain. Hydroperoxidases neutralize free radicals. That is the association with things like tocopherol and, vit- and ascorbic acid and the glutathione and NADPH coupling. And oxygenases are involved in eh, basically biotransformations, such as the synthesis of eicosanoids and also in the synthesis of uh, oprenal lipids like cholesterol. So let's talk about oxidases here. They catalyze the removal of a hydrogen from a substrate with the involvement of oxygen as a hydrogen acceptor. Exist in two forms, 
Some of them are copper containing as cytochrome oxidases. And that would be that that was what we just talked about, the terminal component electrotransport chain, which ultimately will transfer the electrons finally to O2. That's complex four, remember? And the other kind of oxidases are flavoproteins. And those include things like L-amino acid oxidase and xanthine oxidase. Those are the two major types of oxidases. The hydrogenases usually have two main functions. They'll transfer hydrogen from one substrate to another in a coupled redox reaction. Dehydrogenase is also components of electron transport chain. Such things as isocitrate dehydrogenase, alpha-glutarate dehydrogenase, succinate dehydrogenase, and malate dehydrogenase are all part of the TCA cycle. And they are also components of what induces the synthesis of NADH, H+, and FADH2, all from the TCA cycle from the oxidation of carbon-based substrates coming from acetyl-CoA and acetyl-acetic acid. Now, in that electrotransport chain system, that whole process, we call those again, I just named them all for you, dehydrogenases. And they use coenzymes. And they are things like nicotinamides and riboflavin. And they're being utilized basically as hydrogen carriers. Okay. Now let's talk about hydroperoxidases. Those are, there's also two sets of those kind. There are more than that, but the two major ones are catalase and peroxidase. Peroxidases reduce hydrogen peroxide at the expense of several other substances. So think about the reaction H2O2 plus AH2 going to two waters plus A. Catalases use hydrogen peroxide as an electron scepter and an electron donor. For example, a simple reaction, two hydrogen peroxide going to two water. Okay. Peroxisomes are rich. That Those subcellular organelles I talked about last time are rich in oxidases and catalases. Oxygenases, something I told you is involved in the production of mycosinoids, right? Though that class of enzymes catalyze the incorporation of oxygen into substrates in a two-step process. Oxygen is bound to the active side of the enzyme, and then that bound oxygen is reduced or transferred to the substrate, okay? Reduced usually to an OH group. So that consists of two sets of enzymes then, dioxygenases, where you incorporate both atoms of molecular oxygen in the substrate. So that would be A, substrate A, plus O2 goes to AO2, or mono or sometimes called misfunction oxygenases, which incorporate one atom of oxygen into the substrate and the other becomes reduced to H2O. So here you have the reactant AH plus O2 plus, let's say, ZH2. So yet another substrate goes to AOH. Now you have hydroxide plus H2O plus Z oxidized. See? That's what mono or mixed function oxygenases do. So we've gone through, I think, enough of the redox chemistry here. We didn't, you know, again, I wanted to do this quickly uh, because I wanted to be able to go back to doing the video lectures. I might do one or two more audio lectures just to fill out the, again, the material I want you to have in your mind 
when we start talking about redox systems, because this is going to be really important for you to understand some of the clinical manifestations that you see in cellular aging, something we call senescence, and then in the entire homotypic level of the human being, the aging process itself, leading to morbidity and mortality in humans. Okay, so I'm going to stop there. Uh, again, Dr. Dan Guerra on Friday, the 24th of September, 2021 from Authentic Biochemistry Studios. I'm saying bye for now.